We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. The huddle reloaded after a week off. You know, we were on the road with Sooner softball, and it kind of worked out perfectly timing-wise because, you know, typically you'd wake up on Friday morning and you'd have the Sooner Sports Talk show from the night before in your inbox or however you consume podcasts, but... Because of the winter weather, uh, we didn't have the show last night. So uh, I had held on to the huddle. So we have it. The huddle reloaded tonight. It's our first opportunity uh, in the offseason to hear from some of the Sooner assistant coaches and future breakout or current breakout players. So Toby Rowland sits down with Dennis Simmons. I think Marvin Mims comes on with him on this edition of the huddle. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. The huddle is coming up next. It's a calling that's kept us free. It's a place to belong. What's the calling? It's doing a job that makes a difference. Serving your community and your country. It's part-time service where the impact is full-time. What's your calling? Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com on the Sooner Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Grayson tackle, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Oh, mama! This is the Bud Light OU Huddle, presented by Bud Light. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. The OU Huddle is also brought to you by AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, proud sponsor of Sooner Football. Moody's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in barbecue. And by Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Let's go! 
This is the OU Huddle. Now, here are your hosts, Teddy Lehman and the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue on a Thursday night. It is time for the huddle. The crowd goes <laughs> wild, ladies and gentlemen. We got two hours of Sooner Talk in front of you. Coming up next hour, we're talking hoops with Lon Kruger and Sherry Cole, both of them getting set to go to Morgantown this weekend to take on West Virginia. But this first hour dedicated to football, and that is not Teddy Lehman, ladies no, and gentlemen. No, it is not. That it is, is not. I am nowhere near as athletic, <laughs> and I am nowhere near as smart, this and I am nowhere near as mean as Teddy. He's never won a Butkus Award in his no. life. I don't know. I'm we not sure I can spell Butkus. For some reason, we asked him to be on the show anyway. This is Chad McKee, my good friend, and it's great to have him with us tonight. We are talking football tonight here on The Huddle. How you doing, bud? I'm great, and uh, we've got a schedule that's been released we've got some non-conference scheduled games coming up and i did basketball the other night i'm looking forward to listening to you and uh, and sherry cole what a what an amazing job they're doing with seven players winning games in the big 12 conference so i uh, i look forward to hearing that and then morgantown this weekend for both teams i feel like uh dean and john both called in sick this <laughs> <laughs> We're subbing on the blitz for him this, this week. Is the old Nobody blitz told days. me. I just got the call. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just having flashbacks right now to about uh, a decade ago. And opening segment brought to you by McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs. As Chad mentioned, it has been a day of breaking news on the football front. We have a schedule. The Big 12 has announced their schedule for this upcoming football season. Oklahoma is a part of the Big 12, which means we now know the order in which the Sooners are going to play the games next year. And it goes like this. We're going left to right here. Normally, you don't see a schedule in a square. So follow me. <laughs> Tulane, we knew the non-conference schedule. They're going at Tulane, then Western Carolina and Nebraska at home. Here's the new stuff. The Big 12 opener will be West Virginia at home late September, then they'll go to Manhattan. Haven't had any luck with the Cats of late. Mm -mm. There's the Texas game in gold. Home against TCU at Kansas. Back and forth with home and road games throughout conference play. Tech at home in October. Baylor on the road. Iowa State at home, and the season closes with Bedlam in Stillwater on Thanksgiving weekend. What what jumps out at you here, Chad? Number one, everybody wants to know when Bedlam is going to be. I think we yeah. all like to have it on Thanksgiving weekend. It is good to see it there. You have to go to Manhattan. Every year we do this. We look at the schedule and we try to figure out where the biggest potholes are going to sure. be. And we always overlook Kansas State <laughs> no matter true. where the game is going to be played. Yeah. And yet, that's what's gotten the Sooners the last couple of seasons. It's never easy to go up to Manhattan. They've, they've proven it year in and year out. But they can come to Norman and win as well. So what teams do we feel like are going to be good in the Big 12 next year? I think West Virginia is getting better with Neil Brown. I really do. Kansas State suffered as much as anybody because of the COVID-19 pandemic this year. Kansas, okay, they are what they are, but 
Iowa State, you get them at home. They'll yep. be really good again next year. I think that's a positive. And Bedlam, who knows what's going to happen. You do know that uh, that game's going to be played in Stillwater. So it's a difficult close. Right. Baylor will be better. They're still not what they were when Matt Rule was there. But Iowa State and Oklahoma State, when the Big 12 preseason poll comes out, they're going to be in the top four, probably with Oklahoma and Texas, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, I think what you've hit on there with the closing kick at Baylor, Iowa State, at Oklahoma State, uh, that that jumps out of me. That's going to be a tough stretch. But you kind of like it that way because it is an opportunity to convince that committee down the stretch. You know, quality we're a hot wins. team. We're picking up some quality wins here late. The other thing that jumped out at me, and you remember this past season, how many bye weeks we had? Yeah. Some of them intentional, some of them not intentional. It's pretty much a straight shot this it, season. There isn't a bye week. There's one bye week, and it's not until November. Mm-hmm. So once they start playing, they're going every Saturday for a while. Of course, that Texas game will be the first time that Lincoln Riley has faced off against their new head coach in uh, Steve Sarkeesian. And it's a good home slate. You know, you throw in there the Nebraska game in non-conference uh, the, the home games against Texas Tech and West Virginia and Iowa State, which is probably going to be one and two uh, in the preseason poll. Those two teams, I would think, with everybody Iowa State's got coming back. So a good home and, slate for and, the fans. And, Toby, everybody loves to go to New Orleans. Did you know Mardi Gras is canceled this year? We can't so, do that. No, can Mardi we? Gras is canceled this year due wow. to the COVID-19 pandemic. I, I mean, they, they don't want it to be a super spreader event, which you sense. can understand. Yeah. But maybe by then... It'll be a time to go kind of have a late Mardi Gras. Hopefully everything uh, in this country is, is on a little better plane and, and we're able to get down there for a little early Mar- Mardi Gras down in New Orleans. I'm all for that Tulane game. I can't wait for that. I mean, uh, uh, I've, we've been to New Orleans twice for Sugar Bowls. We Oklahoma won both games, and I ate like a king both times. <laughs> so I can't wait to go back down there and have some jambalaya and gumbo and it's uh, it is the second best party city in the country. Let's be honest about it. Vegas is is probably the yeah. best, and Sooner fans like New to York go on the road and have a good bad. time. New York, New York City is a good time. It's yeah. a little different though. It's true. It's a little different in New York City. So that's what it looks like. And then uh, also earlier this week, we had the marquee matchups that were introduced. Uh, in the future, Oklahoma rolled out a look at some of the marquee teams they'll be playing on down the line. I think some of these we had heard rumors about. Some of them were officially getting verified. The home at home with Michigan, the home at home with LSU, the home at home with Georgia that's going to be spaced out a little bit in uh, 2023 and 2031. But over the next 14 years, they'll be playing eight or over the, from now through 36. So what is that, 15 years? They'll be playing eight of the top 14 winningest programs of all time. First of all, I don't think it's safe for you and I to look ahead quite that far. No, not at, at our age. That, you know, we, we, we can't look ahead quite that's that far. That's a morbid you know? start to the show right there. But <laughs> no, that's a good point. Like, for example, the Clemson series is in 35 and 36. That's yeah. a ways off. Yeah, I mean, you, you project but things out. I mean, at the Alabama series, which, you know, will Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney be coaching? That's the first question you ask. Are those guys going to be still coaching? Well, I like Dabo's chances a lot more than Nick's. I do, too. But with yeah. Saban, I, I think that's what he does. So who knows? Uh, Saban may be there as well. You don't know. I mean, here's the thing about it. Oklahoma fans have been treated to these wonderful non-conference games yeah. where you get to go on the road. You and I can sit and debate, and then we have. 
have, in fact, what our favorite non-conference venue has been. Neyland Stadium in Tennessee was the rowdiest football environment in which I've ever been. And and I think you feel the same way. It's it's hard not to think about. That's kind of where Lincoln Riley and Baker Mayfield came to the nation and said, this is what Oklahoma football is going to be about for the foreseeable future. That overtime game. quarters to get there, but they did. Yeah, I mean, they were stalled out midway through the uh, fourth quarter. All of a sudden, they explode. Sterling Shepard catches that pass. Notre Dame Stadium, probably the most special environment, the history and touchdown Jesus, the Rose Bowl, all these great venues. And I just continue to applaud Joe Castiglione, Kenny Mossman, Bob Stoops, and and Joe Castiglione were on the same page. Mm -hmm. Let's schedule a big-time marquee opponent. Let's schedule a kind of group of five team that's pretty good, that's on the rise, and then we want one that we're likely to win. It's a sound strategy, and, and they just continue to go out and play some of the biggest names in college football in the biggest venues. What a treat for Sooner fans. Just the road trips coming up the next decade and a half. Nebraska twice. Michigan, the big house. Uh, LSU, Death Valley. I hope it's a night game down there whenever we go. Alabama again. Sooner fans had such a great time down in Tuscaloosa in the early 2000s. The other Death Valley, Clemson. Eventually, Georgia between the hedges. Tennessee again. All these road trips for Sooner fans coming up in the next 15 years or so. You know what the tricky part is about scheduling? I think that these marquee teams, these big-time opponents, now want to play against each other. They see a value in it when it comes college football playoff time. You need a big win or a big opponent on your schedule to be able to go to the committee and say, yeah, we played people. We acquitted ourselves very well. The tricky game has become kind of that middle game against a group of five team. Who do you schedule and how far out in advance do you schedule it? Do you think about some of the recent ones? Oklahoma had a good series against Cincinnati when yeah. Brian Kelly was the coach there, but they were pretty tough games. Houston, right. of course, who how knew how good they were going to be? And Army, <laughs> I mean, Curtis Bolton and, and Kenneth Murray had to make 150 tackles between them <laughs> for the Sooners to pull out a game against the Black oh, Knights right. here in Norman. Tulane's it's, got it's a good that, team. They do have. Think if you had Tulsa on your schedule last year. Oklahoma State nearly got beat by Tulsa. You did not want them on your schedule even though they're viewed as one of those group of five teams that you like to play. So that that game is a tricky one nowadays with some of these group of five teams looking to prove themselves. All right, tonight we're going to focus on uh, wide receivers. We're going to be doing position breakdowns as we get closer and closer to the start, we think, of spring football coming up here in the not-too-distant future. It is not spring outside, by the way, right now. We are. Uh, did, a, did I see we're going to have a high temperature of three degrees here? I don't want to talk about it. I don't, I don't know. It is an oh. intimate gathering here tonight at uh, Rudy's because we've encouraged everyone to, you know, stay safe. The uh, the snow is on the way, but uh, yeah, we're just spring football right around the corner. So we're going to go position by position the following weeks, taking a closer look. And tonight we'll be wide receivers. It's going to be fun. I had a chance earlier today to visit with Dennis Simmons, who's got a new title, by the way. Chance to talk to uh, Marvin Mims coming off a record-setting freshman season. We'll hear from both those guys and a great feature for you coming up on Drake Stoops as well. So stick around. We'll take an opening timeout. You're watching The Huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. The Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Kim Cade Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. 
The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Anheuser-Busch, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Welcome back to Rudy's. Toby and Chad with you. We got a crowd. We do. And How about that? Your faces too. That my my uh, one of my sons is here. I think the other one's on his way. Uh, this segment brought to you by Riverwind. Still the one. Okay, let's talk pass catchers. Okay. Oklahoma's got a nice history at that position the last few years. Marvin Mims had a huge season last year, but Ceedee Lamb, Hollywood Brown, Diddy Westbrook, Sterling Shepard. I could go forever. I'll stop <laughs> here. The guy who is uh, coaching that position now and. Uh, just got a new job title as Dennis Simmons, and now the passing game coordinator for the Sooners, as well as assistant head coach. And I had a chance to chat via Zoom with Coach Simmons earlier today. We're going to talk to Marvin Mims here in uh, just a bit. Uh, why was he so successful in his first year? And did he surprise you that he had such big stats right out of the gate? No, he didn't surprise me because, I mean, Marvin's one of those kids that, uh, you know, for his age, he's light years more mature than 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 what his age is. Uh, so, I, you know, I expected him to be consistent and, and to come in and, and, and have a year. Now, you know, I would be lying if I sat here and said, well, I knew he was going to do and be able to accomplish some of the things that he accomplished last season. I didn't uh, on, on the front end of that that aspect. But I mean, he was one of those guys that came in here. He was mature and he was business about how he carried himself, his approach to practice every day, uh, his approach to, you know, learning his assignments and and just, you know, how he carried himself, you know, both on the football field, as in, you know, and in the classroom. So I knew that, you know, with that, you know, you know, he had he had all of the tools to be successful. We saw him make some spectacular plays. It seemed like he got open more often than than most from a skill set perspective. Where is he better than maybe people realize? Ah. Uh, I think he's better, you know, he's more explosive than what most people realize. Uh, and then just, you know, being able to go up and make those competitive catches that, you know, some of those big plays that uh, that you're referring to, you know, being able to go up and, and make those competitive plays and, you know, concentrate and come down with the ball. You know what? You know, two of them come to mind is you know the the play in the Oklahoma State game as well as the one in the TCU game. I mean, those those showed you a his explosiveness and his uh, ability to be able to elevate, but it also showed you just you know his his, his concentration uh, level uh, as well as you know he's got that mentality when the ball in the air is mine. What's the next step for Theo Weiss and, and Jaden Hazelwood? next year where would you like to see them improve well i mean you know Jaden, uh getting them back healthy <laughs> is, is a start <laughs> uh so i mean that within itself i think will put him on a, uh, on a uh, or put him in a situation where he could kind of pick up where he left off from his freshman year uh and being back out there uh you know he only played you know you know, he's, his his season really started, you know, the eighth game of the season. So, you know, imagine playing a team that have played eight games and that's your first game. 
I mean, you're going to have some some uh, some bumps and bruises in the, in the road, which you know he did a, a phenomenal job with his rehab and 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 being able to put himself back in a position where he can come out and play. But I mean, there's some things in rehab that you know happen uh, that you can't duplicate as far as game wise. So I mean, you know, I'm excited to see. Uh, the, him this offseason uh, it's gotten off to a great start for him uh, and you know to see where 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 it takes us going into the fall uh, and really going into the to the to the spring ball uh, and with uh, Theo Weiss uh, just consistency uh, you know there was you know several drops that uh, plays that I, I know he's capable of making uh, you know, and there was, you know, there were some plays that he made that were, you know, highly impressive. But, you know, there was, you know, some of the, the routine things that, you know, we didn't come down with. And, you know, in order to be that guy that, you know, he's in, inspiring to be, you know, we got to do that on a consistent level. The new kids, um, Mario Williams, Cody Jackson, Jalil Farouk, uh, maybe Billy Bowman. What do these guys add to your receiving core? Just more, more explosive, uh, you know, playmaking ability. Uh, you know, and be hard for somebody to to line up and, and, and try to man us up across the board uh, when you have that much talent on the on the field at once. And and then once again, it you know. Kind of like what you saw with, you know, the C.D. Lambs and the Marquise Browns. Those guys could turn a simple five-yard hitch into an explosive play. What's the uh, arm wrestling match going like between you and Alex Grinch for Billy <laughs> Bowman? How's the debate going? You know, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm that type of guy. With whatever, you know, is going to make the team better, I'm fine with it. Uh, you know, and then, you know, giving Billy a, a chance to have a say in that because, I mean, at the end of the day, he's going to be out there uh, making those plays and doing it. And it's, you know, what can he handle and, you know, how soon can he handle it? That's a guy right there that is sitting on weapons on top of weapons on top of weapons right now. We're going to talk about the guys coming back next segment, but you add in two Mims, Weiss, Hazelwood, Stoops, and on and on, these new guys, and uh, Spencer Rattler and Dennis Simmons are going to have a lot of fun next year. And adding big-time guys to the mix as well. You know, when you, when you look at the other schools with whom they were battling for the services of yeah. these players in particular. It's Alabama, right. it's LSU, it's Georgia. It's the big boys who wanted the Mario Williams and the Cody Jacksons and, and Billy Bowman. You know, you're, you're having some fun with Coach Simmons about he and Coach Grinch trying to decide maybe he can play both ways. That does not happen very often in college football. Andre Wolfolk, remember yeah. the national championship teams that Oklahoma has? It's just kind of a foregone conclusion. You're going to choose one Trajan side or the Bridges, other. Trajan Bridges, like, hopped over for a game and a he half see and that came too. back. Yeah, yeah so I, it will be interesting to see where he plays. But Oklahoma is in a position at the wide receiver position where they're not just going to take a guy to take a guy and have somebody on the roster. They're the cream of the crop when it comes to players and putting them in the NFL. Well, when you're doing what Dennis Simmons is doing and putting guys in the NFL and, and, and you can see on Sundays, C.D. Lamb and Hollywood and all these guys making plays, it's, mm -hmm. it makes recruiting so a lot more fun. I, I, I had some fun with this earlier today. I was going to do it in the next segment, but we're on the topic. And there's always been that next guy. Yeah. You go all the way back to 2008 when Sam Bradford was throwing the ball around when all of this kind of started. But you had Broyles give way to Stills, give way to Saunders, and Sterling Shepard was there when Jalen Saunders left. And when Sterling left, D.D. Westbrook was there. He wins the Bolitnikoff Award. Uh, then you go Mark Andrews kind of for a year as Hollywood Brown. 
Brown was developing. He takes the mantle, hands that off to C.D. Lamb, and now it looks like Marvin Mims right. has taken the handoff from, from C.D. Lamb. So it's just amazing the way it's gone from one guy to the next. Here's my math I was going to get to. Let, okay. Let's not save it. I'll throw it out there. Do it. From 2008 to 2020, there were 13 NFL drafts. Oklahoma had either a wide receiver or a tight end taken in 12 of the 13 NFL wow. drafts. That's great. Didn't have one this year, but didn't have a guy who was really eligible. You know, I bet if Marvin Mims had been eligible, he'd have probably been a first-round draft pick. <laughs> probably. On potential alone. Yeah. So it's just handing the shuttle off or to the Stogner. next guy. Or Stogner. Yeah, yeah that's, another, that's another great one. But it, it's been remarkable, not just all the guys, but what they've gone on to do in the NFL. Yeah, there's a look. Kenny Stills doesn't get enough talk for uh, – He does not. Uh, what he's doing. He's had the longest career of all of them. Yeah. Hey, still he, he traded to Buffalo, I believe. They're signed to Buffalo late in the season. Well, let's talk about the new guys. Kind of one at a time here. You've seen some of their video before on signing day, but Mario Williams, uh, 5'10 out of Tampa, the five-star signee who was the number one ranked wide receiver in the nation. 41 touchdowns, Chad, and over 3,000 yards in high school. 5'10", 165-pound guy. Uh, so you think Hollywood Brown type of guy, mm -hmm. that type of speed, maybe a little bigger than, than Hollywood. Baseball guy as well, you know, heavily recruited. In Tremendous that baseball player. Alabama, Florida, Georgia, LSU. Everybody wanted him. And Oklahoma got the number one wide receiver and the number one quarterback recruit in the country. I think he's, um, you mentioned Hollywood, and that's a great comparison, but because of the baseball tie-in, I just see a Kyler Murray here mm -hmm. in a different position. I'm yeah. not saying he's going to win the Heisman Trophy, but a tremendous all-around athlete who does plan on playing yeah. both sports. Sports, by you the know, size-wise, he may be even closer to, to Ryan Broyles, yeah, honestly, right. at 5'10", 165 when Ryan was young. Cody Jackson out of Richmond, Texas, a little bit bigger, six foot. He's from C.D. Lamb's high school there in Richmond, one of the top ten kids in all of Texas. I'd say the other part about this is he was a big recruiter once he became the first recruit in this class. That is so critical. He's wanted to be a Sooner for a long time, and he helped line up a lot of these other guys. Maybe not quite the size that C.D. has at this point, but C.D. was not as big when he got to Norman, certainly as he is playing for the Cowboys now. But same high school, like you said, Alabama, LSU, everybody wanted this guy as well. We'll find his way into the weight room. We'll get him back. <laughs> Jaleel Farouk, it was a big signing class, of course, for the Washington, D.C. area for the Sooners. This kid's out of the Maryland area. Four-star, won a couple of state titles, and another wide receiver that the Sooners beat out some big boys like Bama and Clemson for. Childhood friend of Caleb Williams, so that made the connection for the two of them to come to Norman just kind of an automatic. Didn't play a season in 2020 because of the pandemic and the impact of that. So I bet he won't have too big a problem shaking off the rust, though, Toby. Something tells me he will contribute immediately. And the intriguing guy in this class is Billy Bowman. Uh, he's a wide receiver. He is also a fantastic defensive back. We'll see where he lands. Maybe at both. He's only five foot ten, explosive, top five player in the state of Texas. It's going to be fun to watch his career. Yeah, six one, and this is a guy out of Denton Ryan, kind of a football factory. So he knows what it's all about. He was an all-stater once early in his career as a corner, 
and later in his career as a wide receiver. Good problems to have, yeah. right? What Whatever ends up happening with this guy, he will have a chance to play and make big plays on either I, side I of the ball. I think you'll see him in special teams, too, a lot. Punt returns, kickoff returns, electric athlete. So those are the new guys. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll continue to talk wide receivers. We'll chat with Marvin Mims. You're watching The Huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. The Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Anheuser-Busch, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. Riverwind, still the one. Welcome back to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Coming up next hour, we're talking to Lon Kruger and Sherry Cole. Little hoops. Right now, though, we're talking football. This segment brought to you by Pike Pass, the fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Hey, Sooners, don't get past. Get Pike Pass. There was one departure from the OU wide receiving core. Charleston Rambo hit the transfer portal and ended up down on South Beach. He's going to be playing for Miami next year. Well, fourth in receptions on this team, so he had gotten bypassed a little bit. Um, and I don't think it's because of unhappiness. I just think there are so many other guys yeah. who have come along. And when Marvin Mims has the type of freshman season that he had, well, you have to reevaluate kind of where you are. But it, it happens. It's happening all over the country with the transfer portal. And Oklahoma's not going to be completely immune to it. Made some big plays for this team the last couple of years, Charleston Rambo. Marvin Mims had a record-setting freshman campaign, and I chatted with him via Zoom earlier today. Marvin Mims. Congratulations on a, a record-breaking freshman season. Thank you. Thank you so much. Did you expect to be that involved right off the bat your freshman year? Um, honestly, going in, I didn't know what to expect at all. You know, just being in the receiver room with so many talents, you know, with the offense that we had with so many guys on there, you know, I never really know what to expect. But, I, you know, hoping, like, coming in, I just hope that I find my role within the offense. We just talked with your position coach, uh, Dennis Simmons, Tell me what it's like playing for Dennis Simmons. Oh, it's, I mean, I wouldn't want to play for anyone else on the coaching staff. I mean, he's such like a chill coach. He doesn't really get on to you too much unless you mess up about something, you know, that he goes over multiple times. I mean, he's a great coach, real technical guy, you know, to tell you about the little things and, you know, the big things. I mean, it's something that we should get, you know, especially playing here at Oklahoma. So I think he's a great coach. Evaluate Marvin Mims for me. Uh, what is your strength and what maybe are you better at than people realize? Um, I'm just, I'm just a competitor, honestly. You know, when I have one person in front of me, there's nothing like, I mean, I just want to beat someone one-on-one. -on -one. You know, that's just the name of the game, especially, you know, if I have a corner in front of me, a safety in front of me, I just want to beat them one-on-one. -on -one. I don't think people like realize how important that is. You know, you be the, you're one guy. I mean, it's 11 on 11. So what is your NFL comp? Who do you compare yourself to or want to be at the next level? Um, I'm not, I'm not really sure. You know, um, you know, so many great guys in the NFL. You know, I watch a lot of NFL, actually. You know, watch everybody, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams. You know, I'm a big Cowboys fan, so I watch Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, you know, CeeDee Lamb, all of them. I just wanted to, you know, take all the best pieces from them and try to implement it in my game. You know, even though it's different type of receivers, different body styles, it's always good to take what you can get from those guys. All right, this can be a Marvin Mims highlight if you want, but it doesn't have to be. What was your favorite moment from this past season? Oh, Favorite moment? 
Um, there's a couple of them actually. Um, one one definitely has to be like the TCU game, just because of how close we were in recruiting and to go out there and you know just do what I did against them. That was great. Um, another one has to be Oklahoma State game that catch I had on the I think it was the second drive. That was that was pretty cool. I, I really enjoyed that one. And then the Iowa State the touchdown I had. I really enjoyed the Bedlam catch, too. I think all of Sooner Nation uh, did. Tell me about Spencer Rattler. Uh, you've got a unique perspective on, you know, what it's like to catch balls from him. But why is he so good? What makes him tick? I mean, he's he's just a fierce competitor. I mean, I've never seen someone want to go out and beat somebody so badly. You know, the way he just demands the offense, the way he throws balls. I mean, it's perfect. I've never had a quarterback like him in my life. And he's, he's just getting better and better every, like, going out to practice, you know, week after week after week. I mean, there was just a steep, you know, incline. You know, he didn't go down one practice and come back the next. I mean, just a complete leader. And that's exactly what we need in this offense. And he stepped up and did great this season. This is unfair, probably, because I don't know how much you've been around them, if at all yet. But what do you know about the new guys? And what do you feel like they're going to add to your to your crew? Oh, yeah. I've, um, personally, I've been around Cody Jackson and Mario Williams a lot. And um, I like both of them. Both of them are pretty cool guys. Mario is a little goofy. Um, Cody has, like, you know, that protective shell around him. But when you get inside of him, I mean, he's, he's a fun guy to talk to, a fun guy to be around, mess around with. Um, as far as football goes, I mean, Cody's, you know, he's tall, tall threat. I feel like he's going to be pretty good, you know, both of them, Mario and Cody. You know, they both have a good understanding for a game just from, you know, going out there, throwing with them, you know, learning plays. You know, it's just it's just cool to be able to, you know, tell those guys you know, how to do stuff and they'll listen to me just from, you know, me being the younger guy last year and listening to other people. You had a record-breaking freshman season. What are Marvin Mims's goals for next year? Um... I mean, with goals, you know, in my life, I don't try to set myself to a certain standard. You know, with me, it's just, you know, consistently improve. You know, I feel like if you set yourself to a certain standard and you reach that goal, I mean, there's so much more above that goal that you could have reached. So with me, it's just to keep improving, you know, keep being a better receiver, keep being a better leader for my teammates, you know, just best of the best at everything. You know, he was good from start to finish as well. He, he spoke yeah. of Spencer Rattler and how good he was. He caught a touchdown in the opener against Missouri State and then caught a touchdown against Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game and in the Cotton Bowl win over Florida. From start to finish, he was good. I, you know, I mentioned his name a little bit earlier in the show, but even when, he, when Marvin Mims talks, I, I still am reminded of Ryan Broyles. Yeah. I, he, he talks the maturity that he has, uh, the way that he performs on the field. They're approximately the same size, and he's got a chance to stack up some catches like our guy number 85, Ryan Broyles, did as well. Toby, the trust also. This says a lot about him, the trust and maturity he has, but the coaching staff to let him return punts as a true freshman coming into this level. They've got that young man back there returning punts in the biggest games of the year. It says so much about how they feel about him, too. Made big plays and big games, as you mentioned, just has a knack for getting open. I like the Ryan Broyles comparison a lot. I'm, I'm sure he does, too. I mean, he has that kind of a, a career. Uh, I remember the opener this year. At the end of the game, he had a big game. Gabe Eichert said um, Marvin Mims is going to be a future first-round draft pick. Very first game <laughs> in a Sooner uniform. And, and to be fair, I, Gabe was the first one because he played yeah. with Broyles. He was the first one to, to draw that comparison, but he's on the money. No, I, I mean, we'll see. Uh, he certainly has started out his career in an impressive fashion, and we didn't really get to hear from him all year because he was a freshman until after the Cotton Bowl 
And we're like, wow, he's yeah, very well communicative. Yeah, now I know why the coaches trust him so much. Well, he yeah, sounds like a coach. Very well spoken, and I'm sure we'll hear a lot from him going forward. Theo Weiss, a guy who had as many catches as Marvin Mims this year, not as many touchdowns. There were some big plays. There were some disappointing drops. You just kept waiting for Theo to kind of hit that other gear this year. And uh, he had some big moments, but it felt like there's more there. Yeah, I think you sensed that in your conversation with Dennis Simmons just a few moments ago. Make the routine catches in addition to the spectacular ones. He was great in the Texas game. He had eight catches. Eight oh, of yeah. his 36 catches came. And where might they have been without his performance in that game? Uh, but... You know, the, the buildup of this incoming class, we're going to continue to hear about them. Don't forget about this guy. He's going to be steady and consistent. He, honestly, he took the, the most logical next step from your first year to your second year. A good second step for him. Five-star, former five-star. Here's Drake Stoops. Drake only had 15 catches this year, but it was a loud 15 catches. Well, when, when you catch the game winner against Texas, right? that, that is a shot right there, Toby. Nah, he had the, yeah, I'm sure we'll see it coming up in a bit, but uh, he emerged. He went from a guy who you were excited to maybe see late in the game to a legitimate weapon for this Oklahoma offense. This so year. tough. These catches over the middle in traffic, not afraid to stick his nose in there and take a hit. Leader for this team. Uh, academic all big 12 selection as well and you're just he's going to show up every single game you just know he's going to do something and then there's a couple of forgotten guys of course Jaden Hazelwood was hampered by injuries this year you heard Dennis Simmons say they didn't get a lot out of him he ended up not being able to play again late in the season but boy what we saw from him in his freshman year and with the size and skill set that he has, you just feel like big things are to come. Another five-star kid. Yeah. Catch radius right. is a popular term in wide receiver worlds these days. This catch radius is off the hook. It's as good as anybody you will see in college football. And you said it. He's got all these abilities. Mm -hmm. But the most important ability for him moving forward is going to be availability. Yeah. He needs to be on the field in order to keep making progress. And once he does, the skies, they, they can hand the ball off to him with his speed and with his size. I mean, he can be a threat coming around on jet sweeps if he wants to be. Sounds like he impressed a lot of people by how he handled everything mm -hmm. in his rehab efforts as well. And then Trajan Bridges, we're not even going to see another former five-star who was hampered a little bit in and out of the lineup Play this year. Played both sides of the ball, as both you said, side, a little yeah. bit. Uh, so, I mean, they are loaded. Dennis Simmons is loaded. Yeah. We, have, we, didn't even, we cut out tight ends and H-backs like <laughs> Austin Stogner, Mikey Henderson, Braden Willis. Yeah. It is a ridiculous wealth of riches. We're going to have to have a whole tight end H-back show, I think, on the huddle. It's Absolutely. just those guys. Absolutely. We'll take a timeout. More on Drake Stoops when we come back. You're watching the huddle. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. OU's football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. 
Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics Exclusively. Nothing worth having comes easy. A motto Drake Stoops lives by. And for the receiver from Norman who decided to walk on to become a Sooner, being a member of the Oklahoma football program was worth having. Oklahoma is, it doesn't get any bigger than this. The stage is set. I mean, it is an unbelievable place to play. And, and if you're looking to better yourself, I feel like there's there's nowhere better with better facilities, better coaches, better anything that can make you achieve your greatest self to be as good as I could possibly be. I knew coming here, this is what would make me achieve that. Personally, deep down, I just, I know how I am and how competitive I am. Coming out of high school, I felt like I was kind of knocked for whether it be my size or speed or whatever whatever it was. I kind of put a chip on my shoulder that like, I'll, I'll prove everyone wrong that I, I really can play on this stage. During his high school career at Norman North, he racked up nearly 3,400 receiving yards and 39 touchdowns while helping the Timberwolves win a 6A state title as a junior. He had scholarship offers from Division I football programs, but Drake decided to follow the footsteps of a fellow Norman North Timberwolf and inside receiver Nick Basquin, who walked on at Oklahoma in 2014, eventually earning a big role for the Sooners. Nick was my guy back in the day because he was just an older guy. He took me under his wing, and we come from the same high school. I mean, a similar, we both walked on here and had to really work our tail off and ended up both playing, and so it ultimately gave me a thing to emulate and uh, to try and try and be like him, and he, he really set the stage for guys guys like me. We had similar opportunities to go play other places, but we felt we were good enough to play at OU, and obviously it was his dream school. Just walking him through that process and like being real with him on the the idea of uh, being a walk-on versus scholarship player and just making the most of your opportunities. Obviously, it's a lot of competition here, but I knew he had what it took to play here from the get-go. Anytime uh, you got a young man in his situation, which we've obviously have had a few here lately, who decide to walk on, who have scholarship offers to other places, I mean, it's a lot to give up. Drake, Lee, Nick, some of those guys, they were good enough to play here, and we knew that. You know, we would never mislead a young man in, in a situation to get him here if we don't wouldn't think he'd be able to help this program, and we knew Drake could do that. Coming in, as his critics would say, undersized and not fast enough, Drake set out to prove himself in spite of the measurables. And it was his nonstop max effort on the practice field that the coaching staff recognized from day one. I think his drive that he has is just different. When you don't have the measurables of a true 4-4 guy like a Marquise Brown or not having a size like a C.D. Lamb or something, you have to work extremely hard and get the very most out of everything that you have to give. So he maximizes all of his football traits out on the field. Uh, his route running ability is, you know, he draws oohs and ahs every single day out of practice. You, you definitely don't be, want to be that guy that gets matched up uh, with him in one-on-ones, I can promise you that. That's the first thing I think jumped out, especially as a receiver, just trying to see if somebody can play is can you get open one-on-one because everybody can do it against zone, but he had a really good knack of having good releases and having good routes. So I think that was the first telltale sign I knew that he had a chance to really be good and play at this level. I always felt like that was somewhere I wanted to separate myself from everyone else. And that was an area that maybe where I lacked in other areas compared to other people. I could always uh, rely on that area to either get me open in routes or understand coverages, where to settle in, in coverages and just and how to block people with leverage and all those things. He's become probably, I mean, I'll stand up on a table. He may be, he is our best blocker. 
we have right now in the whole wide receiver group, inside or outside. And again, he's the smallest guy that's out there. But you know, he's just got the, he's got a desire down inside to to get the job done regardless of the situation. For three years, he has worked to earn a bigger and bigger role. Drake Stoops set out not just to be on the Oklahoma football team, but to contribute to the Sooners winning games. Throws late toward the end zone. Caught! It's Stoops! Drake Stoops! Touchdown! It has not been easy, but it's been more than worth it. And he's nowhere close to being finished. Obviously, it's University of Oklahoma. Nothing's uh, given to you. It's earned. And seeing that he's making the most of his opportunities right now, I couldn't be more proud of him. I know he's got a lot more to go. Um, He's just scratched the surface. He's just a great example is is what he is. He's a guy that you don't have to really coach a whole lot of practice. You know, he takes a ton of notes in meetings and he asks questions. And I know Drake's, he's going to do what he needs to do. And those are the guys that that you need to have on your team that's going to help you win those games, and especially in crutch time. Well, it definitely means a lot to me because I've been here for three years now. There were definitely times where even I, I mean, I doubted myself. I wasn't sure if, if this was right, the right thing to do, if, if it was all going to work out in the end. But I just continue to, to come ready to work and, and trust that in the end, the hard work will pay off and it will get the result I wanted. And so to have that trust with my coaches and my teammates, it means the absolute world to me because this was not easy whatsoever. And so that was definitely the end goal but it's nowhere near like finished nowhere near like enough for me I always want more I always continue to push for more and so this hopefully is just the beginning so Drake Stoops caught it it's a touchdown listen to the crowd a 32 yard touchdown pass to Drake Stoops and he made a heck of a play great job by Jessica Goody when your dad has a statue outside the stadium, there's a lot of pressure when you decide that you're going to wear the crimson and cream. And, uh, boy, he's lived up to it. He's been a lot of fun from a walk-on to a big-time contributor now. Yeah, love that he took on that challenge, not afraid to come and play where his dad made himself a legend as a head coach. And Cale Gundy said it. You know, it's like it's a little bit like in basketball. Defense will get you playing time so sure. you can go shoot the ball. Cale Gundy said Drake Stoops is our best blocker. That will get you on the field consistently, yep. and then you can go be a playmaker as well. You mentioned legends. Uh, Super Bowl was this past Sunday, and uh, Tom Brady is that. The uh, yep. GOAT, they call him. He won another Super Bowl, number seven. I'm not thrilled with that fact, but it's <laughs> true. Uh, uh, he's the rival of your favorite player, Peyton Manning. That's is, right. that, is that what we're uh, getting at that's here? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it got us thinking, or our producer, Kurt Watson, thinking, who is the Sooners GOAT, mm-hmm. greatest of all time? We're talking OU football. By the way, this segment brought to you by Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Visit KincaidCoach.com for more information. Well, who do you got? In, in, in fairness, by the way, congratulations on this hoodie. That is a fantastic garment that I you're wearing. I got new swag tonight. Yeah, that yeah. looks great. I might wear this for every show going forward. I don't blame you. Wouldn't yeah. blame you one bit. Now, you picked first, kind of, and you picked Leroy Selman. I got my vote in a little bit later, but you were kind enough to let me have okay. Leroy Selman. I'm just going to be. I'm just going to be. Our, both of our first picks were Leroy Selman. Right. right. That's what I'm saying. That's the first name that pops into your head. I picked Leroy Selman. One of nine children grew up on a farm just outside of Eufaula. He followed Dewey and Lucius to Norman. 
perfect that the Buccaneers won a Super Bowl this weekend. Oh, because, okay. You yeah, know, there you he's go. Been, he's got a he's, statue down there. Exactly. He's been the most famous Buccaneer. He was the first player to be elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame when you played most of your career with the Bucs. But 1974 and 75 back-to-back national title teams won the Lombardi and the Outland Award in 1975. And when Barry Switzer says, you're the best player okay. I ever coached, I'm going with the King. Six-time Pro Bowler yeah. in the NFL. He was the NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 1979. Oh, College Football Hall of Fame in 88. Uh, just an amazing, amazing career that Leroy Selman had. I, I, I try to think of an example who he would be in the modern day. Look how much bigger he is than the quarterbacks and running backs that he's I don't know. That's a good question. You know, uh, Chase Young, the Ohio State yeah, defensive end, was dominant. And everybody knew he was going to be the number one pick. They're, they're not really comparable players, but that's how good that Leroy Selman It's so was. hard to compare generations. I mean, football's so different. At Leroy, I mean, you covered Leroy. I didn't. I'm much younger than you. I, mean, I, I did have this, his poster on my wall when he played with the Buccaneers. I think the other choice is more modern. I think it's Baker. I now, think now, now, by the way, we did not count Troy Aikman, who played in Norman for no, one year and Troy is a pro football no. Hall of Famer, but he got kicked out of the club. You leave us, you don't get counted. That's right. Uh, I think the other choice here is Baker, and I know it's a recency bias, but golly, when you finish top four in the Heisman three times, and you win one of them, here's another guy that's got a statue coming, folks. Mm -hmm. It's somewhere in a storage shed, I think, somewhere. <laughs> We're going to erect it someday. Uh, Baker, charismatic, three-time Heisman finalist, 137 total touchdowns, over 12,000 passing yards, just in an OU uniform. And you talk about a guy that the fan base completely fell in love with. Here's another walk-on turned into the best player in all of college football. So that would I'll I'll go there, but I completely endorse your Leroy Selman pick as well. Who, who's had the best professional career as a former Sooner? Adrian Peterson is still going. Yeah, he's going he's to the Hall, Hall of Famer Fame, automatically. Yeah. Is, is he going to be the guy ultimately? Uh, there's not a lot of Sooners that are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think Leroy's in the conversation as well. There. Definitely. So Adrian and Leroy, two pretty good. Probably without putting a lot of, of the coin to it. between those two guys uh, those at this two point. Guys, probably. We'll take a break. We'll finish with Buy the Numbers next. Talking basketball coming up soon, too. Stay with us. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Health, Anheuser-Busch, and the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Coca-Cola, and OU Health. Final segment of the huddle, that's Chad McKee. It's time to play by the numbers. Let's take a look at the scoreboard so far. You're playing the role of Teddy Lehman tonight, oh boy. and we're knotted at six, six okay. each. So Sorry, Teddy, I apologize. Boy, he had a good week last week. He went three and one to tie things up. Four questions. Here's the first. What is the current program record for most receptions in a single game? I'll give you that. You go first on this question. 11. <laughs> uh, okay, that's a lot. But I think you're close. I'll go a little higher. I'll say uh, I'll say 12. Might be might be more than that. Uh, 15. Whew. Sterling Shepard, Justin Brown, Jalen Saunders, and Ryan Broyles all did it. 
that's point a, for me. That's actually me. 60 between those four guys, so exactly it should be right. 60. What, now, Neither that wasn't was in right. the same game, all four oh, of those okay. guys. Oh, okay, that would be a record. What is the current program record for touchdown receptions in a season, a single season? Program touchdown record for touchdown receptions. So Marvin Mims had nine this year and broke the freshman, freshman record. record. I'll go first on this one okay. so you can uh, – Prices write me if you'd like. So it's more than nine. Uh, uh, I'm thinking uh, uh, Sterling had some monster years. Ryan Broyles. I'll say is 18 too high? That's too high. If you're I'm going to say 18, 17. I'd like to bid $1, please, Bob. <laughs> I'll go 17. 17. That um, seems too no, high. I, no, I think it's higher than that. Really? I, I think Westbrook, well, D.D. Westbrook, Hollywood Brown. No, I'm going to say 15. 15. 17 and 15. If it's 16, we split it. It's 17 Golly. by D.D. Westbrook Teddy, in 2016. I'm sorry. I, I'm getting killed. I 2-0 lead. Here we go. Third question tonight. By the numbers, what's the current program record for lowest interception percentage for a quarterback with more than 500 attempts? Interception percentage is a phrase I'm not familiar with. Um, well, how many of your passes were intercepted? For is a career, it's got to be. I mean, I, Kyler Murray, would he have thrown 500? He has. The, he would have the single season. Did he throw 500 passes in a season? Uh, that's a lot of passes. Yeah, I'm going to say Baker no, Mayfield. Yeah. Baker Mayfield's got to have that. Well, I think they're are you asking guessing? for the number or the player here? We're asking for the number. They want to know the interception oh percentage. Gosh. Uh, I'm going to say 48 touchdowns. 5%. Um, 5%. I'm going to say 7%. Right, what do you got? It's got to be lower than that. I can't do We're too high. Yeah, I'm a, terrible at math. 1.8%. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. Is it good I if I, I go over this, the whole that's thing? That's not good. No, Chad, I think, well, it's uh, just Teddy as good as going up. complete. You either go winless or you get them all. <laughs> What's the current program game. record for the fewest passing attempts in a season? Fewest passing attempts in a season. So we're going back wishbone days. we got 35 oh seconds. got to hurry. Gosh. Three. Uh, I mean, I guess it's because you, are you saying starting quarterbacks like – you know, for a team, I'll for say uh, I'll say 25. The answer is 63 attempts at night. Oh, it's for the team in 1970. Oh, the entire team. We didn't do a very good job, but I got all four points tonight, and that's all that matters. I had a perfect game. <laughs> he, he dug you a hole, listen, Ted. Listen, it's just as hard to go scoreless as it is to get all four of them. Stick I think around. Right We're that. talking basketball next. Boomer Sooner, everybody. All right, thanks for joining us again. The Huddle Reloaded with T. Rowe and Dennis Simmons and a little bit of Marvin Mims. Everyone, have a great weekend. It's game day. Oklahoma and Iowa State tonight. I'll be on the call for Sooner Softball. We've got two games on Sunday against Houston. Be on the air at 11A and 1P. And then uh, if everything goes well testing-wise for Tarleton State, we'll play them Monday morning at 11 a.m. down in Houston. Baseball's going to get two games in. What a great job by that field crew over at Mitchell Park. Uh, they've been clearing the grounds for the better part of the last, oh gosh, I want to say 24 hours. We're going to get two games this weekend. You can find all the schedule information right now at Soonersports.com. Have a great weekend, everyone, and Boomer Sooner. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.